This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons preached by Rev. Adam Moline at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. You can find our website at goodshepherdlincoln.org, and the texts for our sermons each week follow the historic one-year lectionary. Let's listen in to today's sermon. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our text today is the Old Testament lesson just read. You may be seated. Dear friends of Christ, the people of Israel had been wandering in the wilderness. That's the way that we often say it in our modern times. But they really weren't wandering around. They were being led by God. They were being rescued by God. God was taking care of them from the locations where they were to the things that they had. God had led them out of slavery in Egypt. God had brought them through the Red Sea on dry ground. God had kept them safe with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. God was bringing them to a promised land. It's only because of their sin that it was taking 40 years for this to happen. As the people were wandering in the wilderness, God kept taking care of them. There wasn't food in the wilderness where there was. There wasn't water in the desert land. There wasn't really the ability to make new clothes or build houses, or even repair tents. So God had to give all of these things to them. For food, what did they have? Well, God caused bread to rain from heaven, manna. God sent flocks of tasty quail into their camp to eat. Water to drink? Well, God provided that too, and perhaps an even more miraculous way. God sent water from a rock. And according to Scripture, the rock moved with them, and the rock was Christ. They drank this miraculous water from the rock. What does our Old Testament lesson say? Their clothing did not wear out over 40 years. Their shoes didn't wear out either. Their ankles didn't even swell from their walking on the rocky ground in the wilderness. God took care of all of their needs. God provided for the care of their life in the wilderness. God did all of this as they ever got closer to a promised land. Now when you look at that, what should be the response of the people of Israel? They should be glad that God is providing all of these things. They should give thanks to the Lord for He is good. And his steadfast mercy endures forever.
But instead, what did they do? Well, in the first five books of the Bible, as they are in their wandering, the people grumble and they complain. They grumble and complain about the food that they eat, that they don't work for. They grumble and complain about being in the wilderness. They grumble and they complain rather than give thanks. And it's really kind of odd because all of these things that are keeping them alive are indisputably from God. All of these things are a great blessing to them. All of these things God provides, God shows his love by, God sustains them with. And what's more, what God has promised is even better. But they grumble and they complain rather than giving thanks. And that brings us to our Old Testament lesson for today from the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy is the word of God given right before the people enter into the promised land. Moses is about to die. These are the last words that God speaks through Moses to the people of Israel. Soon they will enter the promised land, crossing the Jordan River. Soon they will conquer it. And then when they are there, everything will change. Everything will be different. In the book of Joshua, we hear that their clothes start to wear out. Their shoes start to get holes in them. Rather than having everything provided for them, when they enter the promised land, they have to start working to take care of themselves. But in our reading, it does tell us some things about that. God is still going to provide wonderful things, isn't he? He's bringing them into a land with fountains and brooks of water and springs flowing all over the place. Not water from a rock, but water occurring naturally. And in the land there will be wheat and barley, vines and fig trees and pomegranates, olive trees and honey, all sorts of good food to eat. There'll be land to graze, goats and cattle for food. Not bread from heaven, not quail flying into your camp. God is sending them into a land where they'll be able to dig iron and copper from the hills to make weapons and knives and things like that to go out and conquer the land and then to defend it for themselves. Things will be different. And as you look at all of these things in that land, it's easy to say, aha, now we'll take care of ourselves. Now we'll be the ones providing. Now we're the ones making things happen. But let me ask you this question. Where did all of these things come from? The brooks and the springs and the rivers from, what, from where they'd get their water. Who 
made them. The vines and the figs and the olives and the honey. Who grows them? Who is it that put the copper and the iron in the hills in the first place? Not the Israelites, but God. Even as they enter the promised land, even as their world changes and the way things are happening changes, who is it that takes care of the people of Israel? God. Even if it's in a less direct way. And so, to whom do the people owe their thanks and their praise? To God. That's how our text ends. You shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land that he has given to you. Your friends in Christ, what does it look like for us today? I would submit to you that it does not look like we're wandering in the wilderness in this sense. How often have you had bread rain from heaven in your backyard? How often have rocks produced water for you to drink in your home? How often do your clothes wear out? For children, I can tell you, very quickly. We're not wandering in the wilderness. God's not miraculously providing everything for us in supernatural ways before our eyes. Instead, we have jobs we have to go to, to work. We have to go to Hy-Vee or Super Saver or Aldi to buy our food. We have to fix our houses as they fall apart, mend our clothes, buy new shoes. And as we look at all of these things, we are tempted time and time again to say it's all from us. We're the ones who are providing. We're the ones who are doing these things. And in our modern world, we like to pat ourselves on the back because we think as we do these things, we're always advancing. We're always improving. We're always coming up with new and clever ways to do the things that are taking place. Our technology is ever increasing. Think about how many things you control merely with your telephone. Perhaps your thermostat, your security, your lights, the things you listen to as you drive around. And as we come to Thanksgiving Day then, the temptation is this, to say, Thank you to us. Thank you to us for working hard. 
Thank you to mom and dad for buying the food from the grocery store with the money they earned at their jobs. Thank you for your great intelligence in finding out how to mass-produce socks perfectly shaped for our feet. Thank you to humanity, especially the humanity in California that invented smartphones and made them talk to everything. Thank you to us for being so clever, for always advancing, for always improving. It's more like the people of Israel after they entered the promised land. But to say thank you to us, we have to ignore where all the things come from. They come from God. We've been talking about this on Sunday mornings. In the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. God God makes all of the things that we eat grow. God created the things that we make our technology out of. The metal that's in the machine that makes your socks comes from God. The cotton that is shaped into your socks comes from God. And not just your socks, but your pants, your shirt, your clothing, your shoes, all of the things therein come from God. We even confess this in our small catechism when we confess the first article of the creed, That God has given me my clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all that I have. He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. He gives. He provides. And it's to him, then, that we owe our thanks. Our sinful nature wants to make us the God who provides. And what's really amazing is that even for that, God provides the solution. Provides Jesus. Jesus who took on your human flesh and mine. Jesus who lived a perfect life in your place, knowing that you could not. Jesus who understood where all the things that supported our body and life came from, and even taught that Confessing, man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the Lord's mouth. Jesus, who didn't value the things of the world, which we are so eager to give thanks for, 
but instead had them all taken from him. The Son of Man has no place to lay his head as he hangs on the cross. His clothing and shoes were taken from him by force and gambled for at his feet as he hung bleeding and dying. Even the body, the flesh, which he took upon himself was beaten and bruised and bloodied as it was nailed to the cross. Jesus, knowing our sinful desire to put ourselves in God's position, took our position instead and paid the price for our sin. He died for you. He died for your forgiveness. And he bestows that grace freely. Here, in the wilderness, God miraculously provided food from heaven. And here at the altar, he does the same thing. The food of heaven is given to you, Christ's own body and blood, in, with, and under, bread and wine, so that you might have forgiveness of sins, and in that forgiveness have eternal life. In the wilderness, God provided water from the rock, and he does the same for you here in the waters of holy baptism. Not just plain water, but the word of God in and with the water cleanses you of your sin, bringing the forgiveness of Christ to you, clothing you with his righteousness. And here, he is present not in a pillar of cloud or fire, not with thunder and lightning. He's present in his word, calling, gathering, enlightening, and sanctifying you into the Christian faith. And as you wander in the wilderness of this world, you have a promise, a promise found only in Jesus, a promise of a life to come in a land beyond our comprehension. You have the promise of eternal life, the promise that there you will see God face to face, not hidden in miracles here in this world. You will live with God forever. And your ankles won't swell, your body will not wear out, but it will always be perfect, always be better than it had been before. You have a promise that there you will eat the food of heaven, and it will not be hidden under bread and wine, but it will be clear for you to see, eating from the tree of life to sustain you without end. And there you will drink from the rock that is Christ. Friends in Christ, we wander here in this world and we look forward to that great day when we will enter God's promised land. 
And for all the things that God now gives us, for all the things that He promises us in the future, we give thanks to Him today, and really every day. Today we feast and we'll be full, and we know that in heaven the same will be true. And so, as we eat and are full, we bless the Lord our God for the good land, the good care, the good promises, and the forgiveness of sins that he has given to us today and always. In the name of Jesus, amen. That concludes today's sermon from Pastor Adam Moline. For more information about the Lutheran faith, check out our church website, goodshepherdlincoln.org. The title of this podcast, With Intrepid Heart, comes from the conclusion to the Book of Concord, where it is written, This is our faith, doctrine, and confession, in which we also are willing, by God's grace, to appear with intrepid hearts before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of it. God's blessings on your day.